Craig Mish is back in town. Finally, we're going to dig into all of the reaction from Don Mattingly and the Marlins parting ways, what the future may hold in that area specifically, and also what are the key off-season moves that Kim Ang will look to make in the 2023 off-season on today's Locked On Marlins. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt. And don't forget to follow me, of course, on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Please subscribe to the pod. And it's available everywhere and it's free. It's a free pod. Most pods are free, but this one is also free and it's five episodes a week, Monday to Friday. This is the Thursday episode. If you are watching on YouTube, you will see hello, greetings and welcome to my living room. And you will also see Craig Mish is in the house Suit jacket and all. He is looking flames. <laughs> Look at Craig Mish. He didn't. I, I did tease him on Twitter. That's why I'm wearing this jacket. Oh, it's sensational. I should have known. I should have known. Craig Mish never misses anything on Twitter. Craig, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's great to be back with you here, Pete. Can't wait to get into what we're going to talk about here. Let's try and not to make any enemies today. I don't know. Let's try. Let's anything can happen on lockdown it's a big I have audience a feeling. I have a <laughs> exactly yeah we'll try I mean, our best that that's probably the high that, i mean it's not the highlight of the season but definitely one of the bigger stories for me of the season uh were how many people blocked me on on twitter before the end of the season i got i got a new block by the way and then somebody else blocked me too recently so. oh boy boy oh boy and do you want to share who that was or should we move on from that point oh you know let's just say he's loud Oh, my days. Well, I, I guess that... Believe it. You believe it. I can't. Be I actually can't believe that, to be honest with you. I would have expected... Well, maybe that was over the Monte Harrison uh, no, uh, you know, jersey. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. It's a, it's a shame. I keep... I keep uh, all my friends are turning on me. But it's okay. I still have you, Pete. That's the important thing. Listen, I, I've never blocked anyone in my life. So that's, you know, that's guaranteed. So you're all good on that. Craig, we've got tons to get into. So let's dive into it. Don Mattingly, a massive story that dropped over uh, last weekend, uh, a mutual parting of ways, it seems. Uh, immediate reaction on, on that one of Donnie. And also, um, what's, you know, how would you kind of assess Don Mattingly's tenure as a Marlins manager as well? Because it's, it's, you know, it's been long, he's been through it all, but yep. overall, now it's done. What's your view? Yeah, so it's it's kind of sad for me because I appreciate him so much and, and grew up as such a huge fan of Don Mattingly. And then when he was hired, it was really cool. I was like, wow, like this is the guy that I'm going to get to interact with for a couple of years. And a couple mm. became seven. He really yeah. lasted a long time in terms of managers in Major League <laughs> Baseball. A lot of losing the last seven years, too, by the way, Yeah, uh, for that. but. Uh, you know, as far as being like a steward of the organization and someone to speak on behalf of players and represent and, re and respect the media and respect the people that he worked for and work with, you're not going to find anybody better in baseball than Don Mattingly. He's just an unbelievable human, a great guy, and I'm going to miss him a lot. Uh, you know, there, there's bits and pieces of me that actually did get a little like emotional about it. Like I'm really going to miss talking to him and seeing him. I've developed a great working relationship with him through the years. He's been extremely complimentary, complimentary of me to other people. Uh, obviously, I'm extremely complimentary of him. And, uh, and, and I think that you, you can't understate that he went through two of the most adversarial uh, difficulties of this organization. Maybe even three when you think about it. The first, of course, was Jose Fernandez passing away. He had to lead the organization through that. That was just mm -hmm. incredible. 
And then the second time they traded away everybody. And then he was like, all right, I'll stick it out. I'm going to stay through this rebuild here too. And then the third was the COVID season that he ended up winning manager of the year for. So I don't think that if you were going to give a grade for Donnie managing the Marlins that he would get an A by any stretch, maybe not even a B, to be honest with you, because they didn't win a heck of a lot. Mm-hmm. But as far as being a great human and somebody that you, you you basically enjoyed working with on a daily basis, who respect the players and who respect the people around him, you know, I thought it was a good choice then. I think it is the right choice now, too. I think the time yeah. has come uh, for him and for the organization, really, to, to go in another direction. As he said, time for a new voice. And, and I thought the organization did a great job handling it. I thought Donnie did a great job handling it. Mm. Now we'll see if he stays with them in the future. I don't think so. I think that this is it. But I guess that remains to be seen. We'll see what happens in the next uh, few weeks. Yeah, I think uh, the, the the language you used was, I'm not ready for the couch yet. And to me, that right. says he's, he's still ready to go. So we'll, we'll wait and see what that brings. When did you get the sense that maybe... Donnie wouldn't be here for 2023. I know the news dropped, you know, relatively recently, but, you know, when did you get a sense that this may not be be an extension in the offing? Oh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, that's, I mean, I, I feel like I've known that for a long time, but, mm. but as far as like officially knowing when it was coming to an end, the announcement was Sunday. I, I think I knew, I think I knew that that was coming like a couple days before, a few days before probably yeah. that, 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 that it was imminent that something was going to happen imminently. I didn't know when or how, but I got wind of it that it wasn't going to go down to the, at the end of the season. Mm. And then once I knew that, then, then I just have to just do some investigating. I'm like, okay, well, they're not, Pete, they're not going to do this when they're on the road in Milwaukee. Right. Like that's not going to happen. Uh, Yom Kippur is the last day of the season in Miami, the Jewish holiday. You're not going to, you're not going to do a whole thing. I mean, I mean, respectfully, I mean, I am Jewish and, and Jews essentially do nothing. Most Jews do nothing on Yom Kippur. You're not going to do a goodbye on Yom Kippur. Mm. Uh, and then you had the other Jewish holiday had Rosh Hashanah. Maybe maybe I'm making more of the Jewish holidays than I should. But I, I this was the kind of research that I was doing, just sort of figuring out when would be the appropriate time. And mm. so I knew it was going to happen last weekend. I just didn't know which day I was you know, poking around, poking around. And then finally, I think I found out for sure I felt confident Saturday night that that something was going to happen on Sunday. Yeah. Like you said, it was well handled, though. I feel like the announcements came out and, and equally it gives the players. I, I, I heard, I think, Miggy talking on on Chris Rose's pod today or yesterday, um, you know, saying that it gives the guys just a bit of time to, you know, I guess, say goodbye to Donnie in many ways and, you know, thank him for you know, what, what he's been to them as players and whatever. So I think they've handled it right and gives Donnie, you know, an opportunity. It isn't the last day and it's announced and whatever. Like you said, it's, you know, there probably won't be a ton of people around to see that game anyway. Nevertheless, Kim now will be hunting down for a, a new manager. Um, right. I, also, also, I want to add, don't underestimate the idea that Donnie also did this early enough to give his coaches an opportunity to start kicking tires on possibilities. Hmm when when he's gone because i think that the writing is on the wall very clearly with all of that and if donnie does this the last day of the season and then their contracts expire yeah you know i i think they i think most of the coaches pete probably knew already that this was inevitable Mm. but look at donnie like you know probably bailing right you know a couple weeks before the end to say hey now you guys at least have a couple weeks to sort of figure out what you want to do because i think you and i would both agree it's unlikely outside of Mel Stottlemyre, that anybody would be retained on the major league coaching staff. I personally, it could happen. I, I just don't see it at the moment. 
It'd be surprising. I wasn't going to ask you at this point, but it's the right time to ask because a lot of people are asking, what's the impact here to Mel Stoudemire? Obviously, expiring deal yes. uh, has been a massive part of the, the Marlins' successes in recent years. What's your gut feel on this one at this point? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think that uh, I think he's going to stay. Wow. I, th- I do think he's going to stay, but I'm not positive. Mm-hmm. Definitely not positive. I also don't think we're going to get resolution on this until the end of the season, which makes me a little nervous mm-hmm. because then at some point some other team could come in with him as a free agent and and offer him something beyond what he can be offered here. Uh, now, I don't think that that applies financially to Mel because I think the organization is going to take care of him in a financial way. They have to in order to keep him here. He's got to be paid like, I don't know, Pete, top 10 pitching coach, top five pitching coach. He's got to be paid like that. You can't, offer, you can't offer him the 20th highest salary as pitching coach in baseball. He's going to leave. So, <laughs> exactly. so I, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling positive along those lines. I think he's going to stay. I think so. Okay. I'm not positive. But I would like to have this happen like tomorrow or the mm. next day and not wait till the very end. But I don't have clarity on that yet. So we're just going to have to wait and see. Have they started? I mean, you may not know this, but do, do you get a sense they've started the conversations or are they kind of doing with a Mel? starting With Mel, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I, I trust your view. And I think a lot of Marlins fans listening to this will be hopeful that they find a way forward to re-sign Mel. He's just been so important to this, to this team and the, you know, the value is clear. So I do hope they can make that happen. I was going to ask you though, before that, where do the Marlins go from a manager perspective in 2023? Where do you see the kind of best candidates? Cause for me, I'm, I'm not clear yet. I've maybe got a profile in mind, but not any names. Where where do you see things going? I think they're going to interview a lot of people. I don't think mm. it's going to interview like one or two people. I think you're going to you're going to be looking at five, six, seven, eight candidates, maybe even more than that. Right. I think that they're going to do this extensively. I think they want to hear ideas from people around Major League Baseball that have jobs as how things go in their spot. And it's, it'll be a learning process, I think, for them, honestly, to say, here's how we do it here, here's how we do it there. Uh, it, I, I, I don't know that it's a guaranteed requirement to have any coaching experience, but I think it is preferred. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is a guarantee to have any managerial experience, and I don't know that it is preferred at all. I think that there's a chance that their manager could be a first-time manager in 2023 i think that there's a chance of that it could be a manager from uh from some other place previously certainly that's in the equation i Mm. don't think that that's the way it's gonna go but Mm. i'm guessing right now because they haven't interviewed anybody yet but i i do think the marlins manager is going to be a first time manager how analytically minded do you see them being or that kind of profile they go for because my my sense is they're going to go down that kind of path but I don't know. That's just my my gut feel on this one. What about you? I think it'll be the opposite. I think <laughs> I, I think it'll be. I, I think they're going to find a place for analytics in the organization. Okay. And I think they're going to find a place for, uh, you know, gut feel and process mm-hmm. and, and just you know what you normally hear in Major League Baseball in the past. I, I think there's going to be a dynamic where. You, you may have heard, and, and I think probably what you're alluding to is there was this big scuttle when uh, when Donnie had made a couple comments about like the yeah. lineups were made in advance and all this stuff. And you know how I feel about Donnie, okay? And everybody does. Mm-hmm. But Donnie's got to get real a little bit. 
I mean, he has had full autonomy over this thing for five years. There's been nobody telling him to make a lineup. No one. Yeah. He, he has made the lineup. They can make suggestions, and he could choose to make them or not, but now all of a sudden, because they're out of it and they want to see some guys for next year, let's not get this twisted like this has been going on for five years. Don Mattingly has made the lineup, period. They, yeah. they, now, now they will say, hey, should we bat this guy here or that? Give suggestions. Donnie will take some of those. So Lair leading off, right? Like that was an example maybe. But, but, but I think this is going to be a mix. I don't think this is going to be somebody that's going to come upstairs that's going to get the lineup from upstairs and they're going to put it on a piece of paper. They want a collaborative effort. And, and hopefully that's what will, what will be the case here. And, and listen, you have different managers from different walks of life and different ways of doing it. So we're going to have to see. But you know, there's some managers that are going to be on a list that are going to want control, Pete. You know, mm-hmm. they've been around the game a long time. They feel like, you know, they have experience doing this. And then there are some that, that may want to defer more toward analytics. So I don't know if that really answers your question fully or not. No, but it does. I, don't think, I, I don't think this is going to be someone that comes in that's just, you know, that's that someone else is pulling the strings. I don't think so. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's where the question was driven from. And I think probably on that point, it was, you know, the fact is we're in glorified spring training at the back end of the year in many ways, where we're trying to get looks yep. at guys and, you know, and the computer says we want to see these guys and, you know, it is what it is. So interesting for sure. Let's get the ad out of the way. And Craig, this one uh, is, is a great one, no doubt. So feel free to chime in and feel free to I use the it. promo code if required. Uh, no doubt. So, uh, guys, uh, let me cue this ad up here. The uh, this is, as you know, you'll know what it is before I've even said it, guys. Summer is winding down, and the nights are getting longer. But the breeze isn't the only thing that's getting stiff. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life. That's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew. It's a unique online service that delivers. The same active ingredients as Viagra, but in chewable tablets. And at a fraction of the cost, you can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. No visit to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew Chew tablets are made in the US of A and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package as well, by the way. And for those UK listeners, I'm afraid, sorry, no shipping to the UK. I have checked. Nevertheless, guys, if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code locked on. Craig, that promo code again is locked on. You just need to pay five bucks for the shipping. Uh, bluechew.com and it's got all details and important safety information and we thank bluechew for sponsoring the podcast stunning stunning nice. <laughs> chew it and do it chew it and do it I put that at the Lone Depot Park next year chew it and do it you could see a county or a t-shirt one of the two but yeah get hey Lone Depot that hook up there feels right anyway chew it and do it to me that is a real nice strap line there on the uh, on the bluechews okay so we've talked Donnie, we've talked uh, Mel, we've talked who the maybe the, the approach may be in terms of the new manager. Let's talk about off-season priorities, et cetera, as we start to get our heads there because, boy, oh, boy, it's been a disappointment in 23, it's fair to say. I think the question that's on, on 
fans' minds now and is on mine as well is how active do we see the Marlins being in terms of the major league roster through this 2023 offseason? Because there's there's some there's a lot of vets around, there's a lot of committed money as well for some of the guys. So I'm intrigued to see the way they go about this, but how active do you see them being? And clearly, obviously, Kim's first order of business is to to you know get the new manager in place as well and the staff. Right. So that's one of the things that maybe will take a time. But anyway, over to you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that they'll make significant trades, but I thought that last offseason, to be honest. So I kind of got called out on that. I was wrong. Mm. They they did make two trades last year by making that Wendell deal. Yeah. And, and then obviously that, that trade right before uh, the season started with the Orioles guys and then getting Jacob Stallings. I guess those were like the three significant trades. They're going to have to do a lot more significant than that in order to make this work for next year. Yeah. So my my estimate is they'll take another run at Reynolds again. That's probably my guess here, mm. and see if they can pluck him away from the Pirates. I know that their ask was super high, but mm. I just don't think the Marlins have any choice at this point. And, no. and they're they're not in a position of strength as far as making that deal is concerned. They cannot go into next year again with this massive hole at center field. Like I, I mean, it's it's. It has proven to be one of the most important positions playing at home in that park yeah. with these dudes running up against the wall and falling down. I mean, my goodness, <laughs> enough already. They yeah. got to get a center fielder. So whether it is him or whether mm. it is someone else, I think that has to be at the top. A, 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 and, he, and by the way, the guy doesn't have to be an all-star. It's just they need a center fielder yeah. for, ne- for next year. They have no one on the roster. No corner, no corner outfielders in center field, right? That that. They don't really have any outfielders, to be honest, but but they, <laughs> but they really need a center fielder. Like, they have to have yeah. that next They year. do. And then after that, yeah, I mean, they need a lot of stuff. What are, let's be honest. They need a lot. They they, they probably have second base filled. Uh, you know, Jazz could play second. I, mm-hmm. I think there's, you know, some maybe talk about him playing short. I, I don't know, but, you know, that there's a lot. It's complicated there, obviously, so mm-hmm. we'll see. But Jazz is a piece on the team next year for sure. Yeah. I think Stallings will be back on the team and play catcher, I would guess. You have Joey Wendell, I believe, will be back and playing somewhere. John Birdie, who was so good in the first half, oh my goodness, like he has really, like, I, I think they overused him again this year. He just mm-hmm. doesn't look the same anymore. I think he'll be back. Cooper will get himself healthy. He'll be part of that first base mix. Mm-hmm. And and I think Solaire will be the DH. But beyond that, I you know, that's five players, and, and that's that's like, that's not a professional major league lineup. They're going to have to make some serious upgrades, Pete. I'm, I'm with you on that. Are you just uh, on the center field situation? You're not bought into the Brian De La Cruz hype then, right? <laughs> Again? No. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's probably better than he's, – he's probably – his numbers this in the first half of the year were a little – I mean, gosh, a little unlucky. I know for me to say unlucky, everyone's going to say, wait, Craig called somebody unlucky. Yeah, yeah. He, he probably was a little unlucky. But it is September. Let's let's not go down this road again. I, I, I still think, even when he went down and didn't have the great first half, I still said I, I think he could be a viable fourth outfielder. I still do believe that. Yeah. But you can't you you can't go in with him as a starter. You can't go in with Jesus Sanchez as a starter. No. Like those those things can't happen. You can't and, and no disrespect to Brian Anderson. He can't come in. You can't go in with next year with him being a starter in any position next year. It's you can't. You can't do it. You have to you have to have better options there, and 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 that's why some moves have to be made. Uh, I've got a couple of other follow ups, but I just want to ask you this one: Are they going to spend any money in free agency? 
What do you mean by spend? Like, are they going to spend a dollar? Yes. Yes. Okay. We committing one dollar. Are we We're committing? Are we committing is there going to be a contract hundred million plus committed? No money, way. For example? No chance. Fifty million plus committed? I don't think so. No. Okay. Okay. I, I I think that they can make trades to acquire players that have a year or two left on their deal. Yeah. That make ten million dollars or fifteen million dollars, but I I don't I don't foresee them giving out another contract like they gave Avisel Garcia. And I know people are not going to want to hear this and they're not going to like to hear it, but I don't blame them. I do yeah. not blame them. No. I mean, you who do you trust at this point to hand out a $50 million contract in that organization? What has been proven by anybody that works there? No disrespect to Kim. But until you prove that you can sign a guy for one year and $5 million, yeah. you know, like again, like, okay, let's just try again. Okay, let's just throw... Let's just let's just ask the owner. Yeah, let's go. Can you give us another fifty because we want to sign, uh, you know, JD Martinez to a two-year, fifty million dollars contract? Okay, sure. Let's do that again. Now he's bad. You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> like they, that something has to be proven a little bit. The trades have sort of worked out. That seems like it's a viable thing. Mm. But but Abisel Garcia's deal does not look good. So Lair probably will rebound. But that deal does not look good either. And 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 I and I sort of don't blame them. I really yeah. don't. For, for and no one's going to want to hear that and everyone's going to say well if you own a baseball team you can't just do that and just put your tail behind your legs and say we screwed up on a 50 and a 40 we got to do it again i don't know that you have to do it again i think you have to try a different way and hopefully yeah. that's is, that is what they'll attempt but to do nothing in the offseason would be inexcusable that's for sure i'm completely with you on that uh i guess the key name one of the key names it was Pablo Lopez around the deadline, clearly. Yep. He moves into his final year of arbitration as well now for, for, for Pablito. So, you know, I think that's an obvious opportunity there for the fish because seemingly they're not going to look to extend Pablo is maybe the, the vibe we're getting. The, the, there was some heat there with the Yankees. There was some talks as well yep. with the Dodgers. Can you see that as a likely opportunity in the offseason to revisit with either those two clubs or even a, a different club perhaps? Yeah, no, a Pablo's a possibility. I, mm. I think any of the pitchers outside of Sandy are a possibility. Maybe not Yuri Perez, but I, yeah. but I think everybody else is is on the possibility list. And in order to acquire a star, you're going to have to trade a star, Pete. Whether yeah, whether that absolutely. organization thinks it's a future star or a current star, that's what I keep banging my head against the wall with. It's like, mm. yeah, they want a lot for Reynolds, as they should. He's yeah. a really good player. <laughs> exactly. And and I don't, you know, it's like. Are you trying to win or are you trying to worry about five years from now? We were trying to worry about five years from now, five years ago. Yeah. And nothing happened since then. So to get Reynolds, you have to give up Yuri Perez or maybe not, or maybe Trevor Rogers or Edward Cabrera and Khalil Watson. Yes, these are huge names yeah. uh, and a big part of the Marlins future. But but how many years of the present are you going to lose 90 games without inevitably having to bite the bullet on, on this sort of stuff? And and it's not just Reynolds. I'm sure that there are other players that names that will come up. The one thing that we don't know, Pete, that I said this last year, I'm going to say it again. When If we were doing this Locked On Marlins last year, and you said to me, give me your top 10 teams for Corey Seager. Mm. Pete, would we have mentioned the Rangers in that conversation in the top 10? We would not have. How about Marcus Simeon? Would we have mentioned the Rangers in the top 10? No. Right. So the point is, no one has a clue right now what any Major League Baseball teams are going to do. For all we know, Pete, in a month from now, we're going to hear the White Sox are tearing it all down. I'm not yeah. saying that they are, but that's the point. 
maybe the Marlins will get Eloy Jimenez. Like, we have no idea the direction of some of these teams. You have to wait until the winter to find out who's going all in, like Texas, who's who's getting out, like Cincinnati. So it is just so premature to mm-hmm. think that we know who's going to be available that it's, it's probably best to revisit this conversation in a month or two. But conceptually speaking, got to have at least two bona fide potential all-star players in this lineup next year to even think they could be a 500 team, in my opinion. Agreed. Who who has the highest trade value in your opinion right now? Pablito, Lazardo, Trevor Rogers, Uri Perez? I was surprised to hear how much interest there was on Rogers at the deadline. Mm. My sense is that's another name that's going to come up again. You're yeah. talking about a guy who turned it around in the second half, a ton of team control for years with Trevor Rogers. You don't have mm. to pay him for several years. He's left-handed. The Marlins have Garrett. They have Lazardo. They have Jake Eater. They have Dax Fulton. They have so many lefties coming. Mm. A lefty's going to go, Pete. Yeah, you know, they've got to go. <laughs> a lefty's got, listen, I love lefties. Yeah. And lefties are great. Three guys maybe even in a rotation, right? Like yeah. you can have maybe, maybe three. Usually two is like the max. But you could have three if you want in a rotation. But, like, they're on the verge of having four. Yeah, that, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So, no. uh, you know, Rogers, Lazardo, Eater, Dax, Garrett. That's five. Five guys. One or two is going to go. Yeah. You assume that they won't entertain anything on Sandy Alcantara. However, he clearly has the highest value if you really want to give it the ultra, True. ultra upgrade. You know, Sandy is the pathway to the ultra upgrade. But many Marlins fans would be concerned of that because we've been down that path before where you get three four seemingly stud dudes and then they all fizzle and then you're left thinking oh boy what have we done um but yeah it's like it's like what like like if if the i'll use the white Sox. so if the marlins could trade sandy alcantara to the white Sox and get luis robert back mm. and maybe even something else would you do mm. it like like marlins fans are like no way sandy's the best and then you take a look at luis robert and you're like whoa like that guy you know, like that's a serious play. Like, you, so you see, there, there's you, you can't just you can't get your heart into this. You can't dismiss things. I don't anticipate Sandy being traded, mm. but what would he be worth with his deal and on the open market? He'd be worth two, three all-star, bona fide, you know, type players. But I, I, I don't see that scenario happening. I it, it, very remote. I, I see Sandy here, and and the interesting part about Sandy, I gotta tell you, is. Think about this. The Marlins, he's going to win the Cy Young. They're going to lose 95 games, probably. Yeah. He's having one of the be- He's having probably the best Marlins pitching season ever, if not close. Mm. No one has stopped to think. And Sandy, I love Sandy. He knows I love him, too. No one has stopped to think. Pete, what happens if Sandy is like 10% worse next year? 10, mm. just 10. Just 10% worse. Like, everyone's just assuming that that this is who he's going to be, you know, like forever. And it's pitching. You have no idea. Let's take a look at the Cy Young winners of the last five years. Yeah. You know, what happened to Corey Kluber? You know, like, uh, like what happened to Jake Arrieta? Uh, Corbin Burns still good, but he's not Burns like he was last year. Like no one just seems to acknowledge that. Like, Hmm, there's a chance Sandy is uh, instead of an A plus, he's a B plus. And then what? And then what? And then, and then five of those wins or five of those losses. It's very easy to just look at all the good and say it's going to be better, it's going to be better, it's going to be better. Yeah. 
the, the one thing that the Marlins haven't done the last couple of years is prepare for the downside. They mm. never seem to prepare for the downside. <laughs> what if this happens? What yeah. if this happens? What, what if we lose? What if this guy gets hurt? It's always like, oh, bad luck. Bad luck. What? You don't prepare. You know, hurricanes coming your way. Get out of the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. Not Willens Astadio. That's not the answer. Oh, my days. How about Astadio was, you know, up at the big league club in what, like May or whatever it was? I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> it's insane. Insane looking back at that. It's a great point, though, on Sandy, because we've been thinking about that. And, you know, history tells us he takes these gradual steps, increments getting better. He takes these, like, forward steps and has done. I don't think he's ever taken a backward step in the past three seasons. But to your point, the Cy Young is almost the pinnacle. And then it's like, you maybe expect an element. You've got to plan for some regression. That's the point you're making, right? Is maybe that Sandy will continue. Yeah. You have to. And, and, and the counter to that would be, well, this guy will be better and Jazz will be healthy and yeah. Wendell will be healthy. And I understand that. And, and yeah. that's a yeah. fair counter to take. But, you, but, you, but, but the best baseball teams have this sort of, like disaster control. Like what what happens if three of our position players get hurt? Mm. What happens if Avisail Garcia is just not as good as we thought? You have to like they don't want to think that, but you, you you have to put it in your mind. And until you have these plans and you and it's really hard on a team with a with a payroll like the Marlins, mm. this is the situation that you're gonna sort of that you're gonna find yourself in, you know? And uh, you know, what happens if Floro's hurt to start the year. Oh, we'll just get this guy who walks everybody. Okay, that sounds like a great idea. Try that guy. <laughs> oh, boy, I can see a block coming your way there. I tell you, this is, you're in the dangerous ground here, Craig, no doubt. But um, of the guys you've seen, and we'll, we'll kind of finish up here shortly, the guys you've seen, because we've had, a, we've had a, a lot of eyeballs on a lot of different guys the last couple of weeks. I don't know how much the people are watching and, and how much you're watching, but we've had a chance to see a lot of guys who's, are any of these guys standing out that you think there's a major league guy that can be on the 26-man roster going into to 2023 there? You know, like a Groshans, a LeBlanc? He's the only one. He's the only one. Groshans? Yeah, he's the only one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would say Groshans is the type of player that <clears throat> is going to be doing all of the Marlins, like, public relations stuff in the offseason. Like, come meet mm. Jordan Groshans at the okay. Christmas Winterfest, you know? Like, that. Like they're going to parade him around a little as, like, some potential. I've seen this story before. Okay. And and I, and I think he uh, will go into spring training. He'll play third. He'll play some short, maybe some second. Mm -hmm. And you, the, the words you'll hear from whoever the manager are is we're going to give him a chance to make the opening day roster. And yeah. then I think he'll make it. And I, and I think that he's got a chance to be a, an everyday major league player. I do. He's, he's but he's, I think he's the only one. Of, among who? Who were the other ones? Well, I guess that you've got LeBlanc. You've got, yeah, yeah I guess. Maybe, maybe LeBlanc. Maybe. 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 Uh, what about, you know, obviously you've got Heyrar up there, Burdick, all these guys that... But what about what about Lewin Diaz, though? For me, that the first no. base situation. No. Lewin's done? Yeah. Lewin will hey. be in a deal. Lewin will be in some deal this offseason. Jesus a Sanchez as well? Jesus Sanchez, they'll give it probably another opportunity to, but this is this is on him. This is not yeah. This is not on the organization. This guy has got to prepare more. He's got to watch more video. Got to yeah. show up on time. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you probably could say that for other players on the team too. But you know, make no mistake about it. The reason that he's in the minor leagues is 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 him. He made zero adjustments over the course of the season. He's a very nice kid. He's very well liked. But I mean, like forgetting there's a game, like I don't. Know. 
Like, I don't know. There, there's, there's, there's that fine line between some things in baseball. And, 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 that, and he ended up staying up after that. For, and, in, in his struggles, and he ended up staying up after that. So uh, I personally like him, and I hope he makes it. And I think mm. he'll get another opportunity. But you'd have to ask the, the player development people and, like, the guys at AAA, mm. uh, like, what they think. Like, do they think he can handle it the next time that he gets a shot? Yeah. At the best, a platooner, by the way, though. Never against left-handed pitching. Forget it. Which is fine. Which is fine. fine. Uh, San Francisco's platooning, like, eight guys a day. That's fine. But yeah. he's not going to hit lefties, ever. No. No. Agreed. One no. final one, then, Craig, because we are we're over. Over for time, which is, you know, par for the course. But I know you've got to run, so I'll, I'll let you run. But the final question, there was talk of this, and I just, we need the clarity, the absolute clarity. Who's likely to pitch? In game one six two, is it Sandy Alcantara or is it Brian oh. Hoeing? You know, I don't, I don't. I mean, I'm hearing like you know some people say that Sandy should pitch because it's the Braves and it's going to really mean something. Mm. I'll just tell you what my understanding is. This is my understanding with Sandy, and and again, I, I guess I have to leave a crack of the door to be open. I thought it was a hundred percent. I guess I'll leave it at ninety nine percent because Sandy is his own person here, and if he walks into Mattingly's office and says, "Hey," I want to pitch in game 162. He, I mean, he absolutely should not, by the way. This makes no sense whatsoever. No. None. Zero. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry, Bra- I'm sorry, Mets, Braves, whoever. Like, I'm scared watching every pitch that guy throws because it is, it is a spring training game. It is a, mm. Mattingly will not even be managing the team. It'll be somebody else. He always anoints somebody else to manage. Yeah. It is the most meaningless game of the season is that game. I mean, look, look at Cooper. Cooper got hurt. Now he's got to have a, like a cast on for four weeks in a meaningless game. You can't pitch him that game. But if he if he wants to do it and he chooses to do it, uh, then so be it. My understanding is the second he gets 200 strikeouts, that's it. Yep. Which will likely be uh, this weekend against the Brewers, we assume. It'll be Friday against the Brewers. Now, I don't now from a competitive st- standpoint. That's a game where I think he has to go six innings or five innings because the Brewers are still in this thing. Yeah. And they're on the doorstep of the Phillies here. Yes. Let let him go five. I understand that fine. But you gotta be kidding me. Can can you can you imagine something happening in that last game of the season? Oh, and boy. I, I, I you, you at that point, you may as well just shut it down. You literally may shut it down at, the, at that point. I, I would not be able to handle it if that happened. <laughs> it would be a I, look, Sandy, I, I, I know him, and he's going to want to do it and whatever, but somebody, you know, Kim, Kim has got to run out to the mound and tackle Sandy by the legs. Like, like you don't know this reference, but this is like Jeff Van Gundy on Alonzo Morning. You should Google that for the NBA years past. Okay. Like, like uh, uh, Alonzo Morning, this really big dude, and Jeff Van Gundy, this little guy. They were There was a big fight on the NBA court. It was Miami Heat, New York Knicks. And uh, and Van Gundy was on Alonzo Morning's leg. Kim has got to run out to that mound and grab Sandy's leg and say, "Get off! No, don't do it! I am not pitching this guy the last game of the season. No way, no how, man. No way, no way. They've got to find a way. I, I'm I'm completely with you. I've been talking about it on this show for for a while. Just kind of thinking about how we, maybe just need to ease Sandy down a little bit. Like this kind of going into the eighth, ninth, hundred twenty pitches in in spring training, like. I mean, I know he's chasing the sign. He's going to pitch for the Dominican Republic. Come on. This is Mm. enough. He's done his job. He's a Cy Young Award winner. Let him go out against Milwaukee and do what he does. Exactly. Exactly. I think that will be the final one. To your point, there's just no value in 1-6-2. And, you know, maybe he'll be the manager. Maybe that's the uh, the way to solve the problem. 
we'll solve it. Sandy, you're the manager. Sit there and, and you do your thing and enjoy and pick up the Cy Young trophy while you're there. So, guys, that's going to wrap us up for Thursday's episode of Locked On Marlins. That was a fun one. And we will look forward to review the number of blocks that we have received subsequently. We'll wait and see on that. Bring them on, as, the, as they say. Craig More blocks. <laughs> More blocks. Craig's absolutely prepared for it. Look at that suit jacket. He's looking sensational. Uh, I will step up my game next time around. I promise you for that. Craig, I appreciate you hopping on Locked On Marlins. Make sure you come back during the offseason when we get into this juicy, juicy offseason. There's so much the Marlins will need to do. And I think we will all need your knowledge and insight along the way. Uh, appreciate Craig as always. Peter Pratt, Craig Mish signing out. Thursday's episode of Locked On Marlins. I am back tomorrow on Friday with Alex Carver. See you then.